it's not about how good you are at music like that it's just so not about that anymore like no like it's like you said like you find a personality that you like and like they could be worse producers than some guy or girl who's like totally unheard of who has like a hundred followers on whatever soundcloud or instagram and it's like where's the line you know what is up guys welcome to the second episode of the tapping in podcast i'm your host zaro Today I'm happy to share my episode with Vance. He's a friend of mine. We went to school together and he's also a DJ and producer and he's from California. We talk about the pandemic, marketing yourself as an artist and how we can pivot and what we can do during this crazy time as artists and how we can use this time to um you know learn some valuable lessons and improve our crafts so check it out all right man we're live uh how's it going guys we're here today with vance um how do you pronounce your name is it Kavan? kavan how do you pronounce it your real name kavan yeah kavan cool man um yeah man so basically like with this show like i was saying it's kind of just pretty like free format you know chop it up talk about whatever but um, I know I'm personally really interested to just hear about what you've been up to with your music lately. And I'm sure, you know, everyone listening would really find it valuable to like hear what you've been doing during this quarantine period, you know, how you've been staying healthy, productive. Um, yeah. So, you know, just share a little bit with us about like just what you've been on on lately with your music and life in general. For sure, man. Um, well, I mean, like most people, quarantine's been kind of shitty but uh i don't know it's been kind of cool at the same time um pre-quarantine i was more in like the zone of trying to play as many gigs as possible um me and my buddy his name's dj bones he's from uh same place as i'm orange county and uh both him and i we had this little spot that actually one of our friend's parents owns it's called lakov um literally it's underground uh it's like a super nice restaurant like at nighttime and then once dinner service is over um they do like live music and stuff like that it's like a tiny room but we've been able to pack that little underground like sweaty box with like i don't know 115 people or so and it just turns into like a mini like underground sweat box and it's fucking awesome i love it uh but once obviously quarantine and COVID hit that shut down real quick and it kind of forced me honestly to just build as much content as possible and just work and work and grind on my music um so since that happened that's pretty much all i've been doing just working on tons and tons of original tracks fuck yeah man that's super dope for a second i was confused were you saying were you saying you were packing out that venue like during covid or was that pre-covid that was pre-covid yeah this was like before everything happened and this place is like Okay. it's like a tiny little i mean the room where it's basically like you walk downstairs and it's underground there's like a main dining room and like a side dining room the side dining room is usually yeah. where like if there's there's a shit i think it's mdm there's a a little collective that throws like house wednesdays there and uh me and him had, had gone to a couple of those shows and they're super sick they got like a couple pretty sick um artists that they brought out like they brought hannah wants one time um just like super like techie house people like that uh and obviously wednesdays were taken for us so we're like fuck it let's do fridays and try and turn that into something and you know like we had a good four shows five shows there 
Um, we did like the last, or it was Saturday. It's the last Saturday of every month. And uh, it started off tiny. And then by the second show, we like actually put in a shit ton of work into it and uh, ended up being super fun. The turnout was awesome. Dude, that sounds dope, man. I I haven't played a show in so freaking long, man. I I miss that shit so much. I'm, I'm interested to hear too, like what your thoughts are. Um, like in terms of like the types of shows you like to play, cause you were saying how like you, you're packing out like this tiny room, but I honestly love playing those types of shows. Um, I haven't really played like a lot of, you know, giant um, venues or anything, just like the Fox and Boulder and like the Larimer lounge and some other stuff like that. It's kind of those sizes. And dude, when you have a crowd that's like, and they're it's like packed and they're all there and they're like into the music and they're down to vibe and they're not like distracted you know trying to mingle or drink like that is i think like some of the most fun you can have as a dj 100 percent, totally agree i mean like there's who was it i was saying i think it was i was watching like a couple months ago abstract had like a, a twitch stream and he paused on like his production to answer some questions. And someone was like, you know, everyone asks like famous producers and DJs this all the time. Like, do you prefer clubs or festivals? And it's like, obviously I haven't played like huge festivals, but it's kind of like, I totally, everyone I feel like agrees with what he said. It's like, you can't really pick one. Like I love the huge, like big shows, like in Boulder, like probably my biggest show was opening for Fisher. And that was just stupidly fun like that was just yeah we have to talk about that in a sec yeah that was dumb but then like i also like dumb fun obviously um but i also just like something there's something you can't really you know replace with the feeling of playing like a smaller like intimate club show or just like a small venue show like that underground stuff like i love that it's just like you said like when you have people like just it might be less people but like they're all in the same zone as you and like you're all on the same page just like vibing with whatever's going on and that's you know it's a great feeling for sure man yeah there's just it's just so much more intimate when you can play a show like that I mean what I imagine and this is what I've heard too from other DJs is like when you're playing those big festivals like sometimes they can be kind of intimate but some of them like the dude's like on a ledge like way far away and the crowd's like 100 yards away and you know, it, it probably looks sick to stare down at a sea of people, but um, it's probably, it doesn't have, I can't imagine it has like that same intimacy, you know, factor. But oh, 100%. Either way, yeah, either way, like they both have their, their pros and their cons. Um, Definitely. But yeah, man. So have you, have you not really been able to play any shows in a minute either? Not really. I did like a small live stream festival type thing. Um, my buddy, uh, good fella. He's super sick. Uh, he hit me up on Instagram and was like, yo, I got a slot open on this like live stream festival thing I'm doing. It wasn't like anything huge, but it was just like super small, um, more like unknown up and coming artists, I would say. Uh, and I actually like watched both days and I don't know, I found a lot of guys that I didn't know before, like connected with some people that I otherwise wouldn't have met. Um, and there's so much like unheard talent out there. It's crazy. Wait, where'd you say this was? This was just a live stream thing. So I just literally just shot it in my backyard. Oh, it was a live stream. Uh, but at the talent, where you said the, the talent was where and, ca- and where you're located? Yeah, I mean, this was mainly like San Diego, L.A., Orange County-based artists. And there's just there's so many people that are just 
unheard of that are killing it. Like, I'm surprised they're not blowing up right now. Yeah, dude. I, that's actually funny that you bring that up because I've been thinking about that type of thing a lot lately. Like, um, anyone these days can make music. And, uh, you know, when you first start out, you kind of have this, uh, for me, like, I kind of thought, like, all the dudes who I saw, like, popping off on festivals and, like, on social media, all the dudes who were, like, getting Spotify playlists and, like, all the huge placements, like, you 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 tend to think, like, oh, those are the best producers, like, they're the best at what they do, um, which can be true sometimes, but lately, I think I've started to realize, like, there's a lot of really sick producers, musicians who are just behind the scenes, you Big know, time. some of them who you know, don't even have an artist project yet. Um, some of them might not even have aspirations to have an artist project, um, it w- which is just really interesting because it kind of makes you realize like, wait, you you don't necessarily have to go the traditional route that you see everyone doing online, you know? Definitely. So that's, I think it's super dope that you say that. Um, but yeah, man, it's just like, it's just so different now than it used to be, you know, with social media, like you, you come up, like whether you're learning to produce or do one thing, like you're kind of, you kind of find these certain people that you start to idolize from social media. And you kind of think like, Oh, this is the way you have to do it. But in reality, there's so many different ways that you can go about this music shit. And I'm just now figuring that out. Dude. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of insane. There's, there's, I, I have a mentor that I work with like once a week. Uh, his name's Taylor Cade. He's just dude's a legend. Like he's sick. Um, like we don't produce at all the same style of music, but he's so knowledgeable that like, he's still able to have, like I make pretty much only house. I'm starting to branch off into other genres. Um, but like, he's so helpful and knowledgeable and he's been in the the scene for a minute. So like, he knows what he's doing, but like, we were just going over stuff. Like how I was asking, like, how do you like gain a following base? Like how? Oh shit. I can hear you now. You just cut out for a sec. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Good. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. What were you saying though? I was saying, so yeah, like my mentor, I was asking him like, how do you gain a following base? Like, how do you do this shit? And he's like, it's literally like, you have to be it's all marketing. I think you mentioned that in like your last episode too, but it's like, I was like, well, what way do I like, how, like how, just how fuck do I do it? And he's like, there's, that's the thing about, especially like in the music industry or I mean, not even in the music industry. Now that I think about it, like even if you're like a Instagram personality, whoever you are, like there's no right or wrong way. It's just trial and error. Like if something works and it sticks and you see people, you see your shit, like gaining more of a following from something that you try like that's that's just how it is you just have to keep doing stuff 100 percent, man yeah i think uh that is something that's so slept on when you first start out is like the marketing aspect and like huge yeah you know just knowing how to use the internet um and marketing can like it can actually be kind of fun like it doesn't have to I think a lot of people look at it as like oh, i don't want to do that like i want a manager so they can do that for me but it's kind of interesting to see like it's not about how good you are at music like that it's just so not about that anymore like no like it's like you said like you find a personality that you like and like they could be worse producers than some guy or girl who's like totally unheard of who has like a hundred followers on whatever soundcloud or instagram and it's like 
where is the line, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I think there's just so many people that I really enjoy their content who are producers who like, they make cool stuff, but I don't necessarily tune into their um, videos or whatever, or music because I think they're like the best of what they do. It's cause like, oh, I like this person. As, like I like their music. I like the content they put out. I think people who kind of like put themselves out there, like their personality a little bit more um, have tend to have a little bit more success. Cause like you get to learn like a little bit more about who they are and like it kind of establishes like some trust with your audience. And I don't know, I just feel like if you want to stick out these days, you kind of, you kind of, you can't really hide behind like a logo or a brand. Like you got to feel like show some face or like, you know, interact with people because I don't know, there's obviously some people who do the complete opposite and it works really well. Like the sort of like the people who don't show their face, like maybe like Mala or like. Yeah. Cause I was just going to say like, you have, you know, like both ends of the spectrum yeah, there. Like 1788L, people like that. And it's really freaking cool when people can pull that off. But dude, I think too many people are trying to pull that off at this point. You know, It's like, yeah, it's too, I mean, at least for like up and coming people, just the way I look at it is like, like you said, you want to be able to interact with like your audience. You want to be able to interact with people. You got to show face. Like you got to, you know, let people know who you are, what you're about. And I feel like when you're coming up, if you don't do that, that's so freaking impossible. Like, I mean, not impossible. Obviously, like Mala did it. 1788L is killing it. Like his, yeah. especially on production level, like his stuff is just mind blowing. Oh, stuff's yeah. insane. So but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's a tricky path. That's like one area. I feel like for most up and coming artists, like that's the area where people struggle the most. Cause like, like you said, you could be the best producer but like just not do anything about it on your social accounts and, and not market yourself at all. And it won't take you anywhere at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, it's hard too, because part of me is like, damn, like I don't really know if I want to put myself out there. And then the other part of me is like, well, you should, because like, that's a great way to establish a brand and like certain people can get away. I honestly am kind of jealous of the people who kind of just work behind the scenes. they never post on social media and they just make great money producing and recording for artists and stuff like that. I just, dude, I don't have the connections for that as much as I freaking wish I did. Like I don't, like I'm in Denver, I'm not like in LA. So it's a little bit harder for me to sort of get myself off the ground, just relying on, you know, producing for people that I know. Um, so I, I think, like in my case, like, for example, I want to, I'm just like, I'm trying to put myself out there more, you know, and that's kind of a scary thing, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to do like with YouTube um, and like the podcast mainly, like I, I kind of realized that like with music, you don't necessarily just have to be this artist who has a crazy like vision for an artist project, you know, like you could just be like, you could be like, um, it's kind of like how uh, like, the, the YouTube gamers, like they just post videos of them gaming. Like you can do that with music production now, like just post live streams of you making beats, like making music, like, or like flipping samples and like people will tune into that, you know? And if you're good, like people who don't even make music will like watching that. It's like watching someone play a video game. If you're, if you're good and you can keep the flow going and you can engage. So I've been, I've been curious about like tapping into that side of 
things, you know, and just trying to expand beyond Spotify, SoundCloud, you know, trying to break into like the YouTube um, area, maybe like start doing stuff with Patreon once my audience grows, but. 100%. Yeah. Like Patreon's he Like, I, I don't know if you follow cranked out a lot, um, yeah. but uh, like, I'm huge on his Patreon, like, especially, like, there's so many artists who will just drop, like, fully already released project files for, like, songs that have already dropped, and just, like, opening those up on a Patreon, like, just, it's so sick, because you're like, okay, how the hell did this person do this? Like, this, this patch makes no sense, how did they get it to sound this insane, or, like, how do they get their snare to pop so much in this, like, what do they do to it? Like, stuff like that is, is super sick. And, yeah, like you said, like, with all these different avenues now like even instagram like you have reels reels like is relatively new and like you saw tiktok pick up and then reels came around and everyone at first at least i was at first i was like is this basically just like tiktok on instagram and it kind of is i remember talking to my girlfriend i'm like yo like i might not have a tiktok but like i don't need one i got there's reels on instagram i don't need a tiktok for anything she's like what like reels aren't even that big blah blah blah. like a week later she's like yeah okay i see what you're saying like reels are everywhere now everyone's all over these reels like it's crazy and like you were saying about just like posting a little like snippet of you like flipping a quick beat or like a popular song or um how to something on a on a production level like those on reels is they're huge right now especially with like wookie like all his like songs that i can't release um so i post them on instagram like he has a series of those reels which are sick yeah he's uh i I have seen that on his page yeah that's a smart exactly like it's it's fun to see that side of um of people you know um tiktok is interesting too because i don't know dude i'm i'm like not i've I've messed around with TikTok. I've posted a few TikToks. I'll post them like on my Instagram too when I use TikTok. I'm not like a huge fan of the platform itself. I just think the algorithm it has is really unique and like you can get so many views like out of nowhere, even if you don't have any followers. Dude, yeah, that's I I'm fully on the same page as you on that. Like I'm not huge on TikTok itself, but like you said, that algorithm, like so many people have blown up just like from nothing to like millions of followers from like one TikTok that went viral. Like that's all it takes. And then everyone can, you can funnel everyone who goes to your page, to your Instagram. People start Instagram then you can funnel them to like your YouTube or something like that, you know? So I think TikTok is really dope, but personally, man, I like as much as I really want to do it, I just, I'm like, so I'm just on the fence. Cause like, I'm just not savvy with TikTok. I don't think, man. Like, Honestly, neither am I. It's just like yeah. not me. I don't, I just, it doesn't flow well with me. Yeah. It feels like, it kind of feels like I'm forcing it when I do that. 100%. 100%. 100%. I kind of like a sort of style of content where I can, you know, dive a little deeper and be like, yo, I w- let's check this out. Oh, I was doing this because of this or that. I, like, I feel like TikTok, like that short format kind of, uh, it kind of lends itself to creating like a lot of like really clickbaity stuff so that you're going to get people's attention right away, which is really, which is cool too. when people can do that. But I really like, uh, I don't know. I've always just loved watching the YouTube channels of like the artists I like making beats, like uh, watching their Twitch streams, you know, it feels like you're just watching your favorite gamers on YouTube, you know? 100 percent yeah like disclosure is one of the people that 
like their their Twitch stream and YouTube streams are so sick, and they're still like showing face. And I mean, obviously they're they were already huge before they went on Twitch and you know were posting production streams. But like, I feel like they're the perfect example of like them not doing like those like clickbait type of TikTok videos, and instead doing like production tutorials or like. Oh, I'm gonna make a beat at 134 BPM today, and it's just like you get to see their personality from that. You get to see, you know, you get to learn from that. You get to see engagement on like a Discord chat with from that. It's there's so much to do with that. Yeah, dude. Disclosure. It's a perfect example. Like I started. Well, I've watched a little bit of their of their streams. I uh, I don't know. I'm always torn because I want to. Like, there's so many freaking streams that you can watch right now. I could spend hours doing it, but at the same time, I'm like, crap, I also want to be, you know, making tunes in the studio, you know, it's not that I even care about like trying to like have a crazy output. I just want, like, I just, I'm just obsessed with getting better. You know, I always want to be um, improving, you know, and COVID has been so weird because for a while I was like, fuck dude, I can't even make music. Like I don't like it, it just like the vibe in general and my life just felt weird no 100 percent. like your mindset's just not the same as it was before yeah. at all um you know i so i took like a little bit like a few like a month or two where i just wasn't you know super worried about you know being as productive and just you know living life and doing that but i think uh this has been a really all the despite all the shitty things that have happened you know I think a lot of us are really blessed to be in a position where it doesn't affect us too much. Um, but, you know, like, I think there's a lot we can just learn from like this whole situation. And I was talking about this on the last episode and it's like, how can you set up your brand so that you're not relying on someone else? You know, like so many artists are relying on Spotify, even, you know, what happens when Spotify, I mean, that's why I think Patreon is huge. But like, again, even Patreon, that's another platform, you know, like, I think the, I think producers have so much more leverage than they realize. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's just like being creative about like how you want to attack that, you know, like, um, another example of going back to Habshacked, um, I remember like he posted something on his story, I don't know, like a couple weeks ago or something. Um, and, uh, he's like, support your, you know, independent djs and producers like it's really tough out here right now and that stuff which is a hundred percent true and he was saying like what i didn't realize it's like if you're not a u.s u.s based producer or you know dj and you don't already have a big following like there are so many djs especially like i mean i mainly i used to live in paris france so i'm focusing on the ones there but like dusty cloud he's a guy from france he's a house producer like if he were in the States, yeah, he'd probably be okay. But like right now, like people are relying right now on like Spotify plays, like you said, and like selling merch, like it's, it's tough out there. But if I feel like, like you said, if you, you know, focus on the ways that you can like leverage, leverage yourself, like it'll, people can make it work. Totally, man. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know you, uh, you lived in France. Were you, are you from there? So I was born in Newport Beach uh, when I was like, let's see, I think I moved to Paris when I was like five or six. I lived there for five years. Um, honestly, those five years were like the fundamentals of like me just 
becoming a music lover. Like that's where I found out about um, like Daft Punk when I was in like first grade, like digitalism. Um, I know it's like he's old, but like Bob Sinclair, he's a legend. Um, honestly, back then, I mean, now, not going to lie, probably wouldn't go see him or listen to his shit. But David Guetta, like way, way back in the day, I'm talking like 15 that's years true. ago. Yeah. Like that's where a lot of like, you know, my inspiration now that you can hear in my music came from, you know. Um, so and I love that. Dude, you're so impressionable at that age too. Like you're really just soaking it all in. Like you don't even, hundred percent. you don't even realize it at the time, but like you're learning like, Oh, this is what music is like. Oh, this is what's out there. You know, that informs your perspective. That's where like those formative years, that's like what you use to gauge everything else building off of that, which is just, you know, it's so, it's so interesting to see like where, where your music taste goes, you know, I feel like my taste is always changing, you know? hundred percent, hundred percent. I feel like part of it's like, it changes with your mind a little bit and then it changes like with your environment a little bit as well. Um, like when I was younger, I used to think it was like, I don't know why, but like, I used to think like punk and like, not like death metal, but like, emo screamo type stuff was like the sickest thing ever because i saw like my older brother's friends listening to it and that was part of my environment at the time i mean now i probably wouldn't really like purposely listen to it like i'd be like oh a little throwback like this is cute but um yeah it's it's weird how you you know your taste develops and like you'll still love the stuff you always used to love like Growing up, I remember, like, one of my favorite bands was, like, Linkin Park and The Killers. Like, I'm talking back in, like, like 2002 or something like that, 2003. And, like, now, do I listen to them that much? Not really at all. But, like, it's still, you know, it holds value for sure. Dude, 100%, dude. Uh, it's interesting, like, you don't even realize it, but it's it's all affecting, like, everything is building off of each other you know and like just because you can't necessarily hear it like yeah like that informs your influence so much that's funny that you say that too because like growing up uh there wasn't like the music landscape was just so different back when we were kids like there wasn't there wasn't edm there wasn't the internet for people to show like how music is being made so everything is just so behind the scenes and like you know, I imagine like people who know how to make music, like maybe grew up in a family where like their dad was producing or something like that. Like, I didn't know what the fuck producing music even meant. I, I literally used to think that bands like would go, maybe they, I think they did do this at one point in time, but I used to think that bands would just like the drummer, the guitar player, the singer, they'd just all go in a room, they'd play the song, there's a microphone, they record it, and bam, like no mixing, no mastering. Like. Dude, 100% same. I was like, <laughs> especially when I was younger, because I'd see like little studio videos. I remember like back when like MTV and MTV2 actually played music, like the good old days, um, I'd see like whatever, like the Killers studio um, live album, whatever. And I'm just like, so is that how they just put it, like record their whole CD and then they record it on a CD and like sell it to people? Like, is that how that works? Like, yeah, oh. You don't know anything at that point. Yeah. I'm like, what? Especially like when I first started using Ableton, I remember uh, my buddy, actually, I think you know him, you know, Justin Duville. What's his last name? Duville. I don't know. Did he, was he another Boulder guy? 
Yeah, he goes by back left right now. He <laughs> makes the most insane like bass music ever. He's but he's the guy that pretty much got me on. He was for a hot second, he was my manager, um, like sophomore year. But um he showed me Ableton and I'm like I remember the first track I like kind of messed around with um was just clipping and every spectrum of the eq like it was stupid and i was like why does this sound like crap like i don't get it and he's like dude you didn't eq anything and i literally i remember i was like what is eqing like what does that mean and he showed me and i was like okay this is this is learning another language <laughs> right dude and that's another that's another example of like one thing building on top of another thing and and forming the next thing you know like, yeah it's like it's kind of like the whole uh what's the AI thing called um, like neural networks? Like there's like one yeah. node and then there's another node and then like they all interact with each other. Like I probably butchered that so hard, but like each new tool you add like builds off the ones previously. So you're like building a brick wall or something of information and each thing builds on itself. Um, 100%. But that's, yeah, I, I had the same, the same thing. I remember like um, when I first started, I was like looking for YouTube tutorials and I saw like an icon collective tutorial of like, this is how you use an EQ. And like, at this point you're like, yeah, obviously like that's what an EQ does. Like, it's so obvious to you, but there was a point at like one time when you didn't know what that did. And it's just so interesting to look back and see, um, you know, how, how that has evolved, but I'm interested, like, so what was your, trajectory when you started making music like what got you into it like when when did you pick up Ableton you know like did you play any instruments or definitely so I mean starting off as a kid from like I want to say like five years old um yeah maybe even a little maybe like four years old I don't know uh I grew up like classically trained and playing piano um it's like I still play piano every week to this day I love it. Uh, and then as I got older, like, I don't know, middle school, I was like, I want to learn guitar. So I taught myself guitar. And then in high school, I don't know where it came from, but I was just like obsessed with learning how to play the drums. So I just saved up and bought like a used drum kit and then played in like a little, I had like two little small bands in high school, just like with some friends. Um, we didn't like have legit like gigs, but we played at like school events, like stuff like that. And it was super, super fun. I loved it. That's sick. Uh, I didn't do, I didn't know you played uh, like you had all those uh, experience playing instruments. I think playing an instrument is so valuable as a producer and it's not something that people necessarily think is necessary and it's totally not like you don't need it at all. But I think if you play an instrument, my God, it helps so much. It makes producing, I think five times more efficient and easier. Like, um, cause I play piano and, you know, I didn't always used to play. And so when I first started producing, I was just clicking, clicking notes and dragging them in and, you know, that can work sometimes, but it's so much more fluid when you can just like doodle around and play. And, uh, you know, there's certain melodies that you can hear and like, I'm in, in my head, I'm like, okay, this, this guy plays keys, you know, like this guy plays, this wasn't something that it was just clicked on in the the MIDI uh, sequencer, but um, that's funny. So when did you, when did you uh, decide that you wanted to start producing and like what inspired you to do that? Like, was there a certain artist? So um, it was actually, 
I mean, opposite of your last episode with Westside, um, I started DJing and then producing. Um, so I started DJing like pretty much right off the bat, freshman year of college. Like even before I even moved into the dorms, I bought myself, you know, the starting, what is it? The DDJ like SR or whatever that like tiny little um, pioneer board is that everyone starts off with like a little mini two channel, no, like barely any effects, not much to it, but it's like your bare bones. Like that's where you want to learn. I started off with that freshman year. Um, and then as I like got better and better, I was like, I want to mess with like more stuff and get more technical mixing. So I upgraded to like better boards. Um, and then like, what was it? I want to say like end of freshman year going into sophomore year. Um, I started, well, I know it was definitely sophomore year. Cause I remember I started playing a bunch of house parties. Uh, cause like just random people and from like my friend group and friends network and mutual friends, uh, knew I DJ. So they'd start like paying me to play their house parties or, um, different like Greek life, Greek life events. Um, and then after that, I was like, wait, I can actually like probably play gigs. So, and randomly I happened to meet, um, one of my good friends, uh, Hassini. She used to work for Z2 entertainment. <clears throat> and then like, she's the one who pretty much put me on and got me like all of my first gigs. Like my first gig was playing at, uh, do you remember what club one, one twenty eight one? 156 yeah yeah exactly yeah i feel like that's like the perfect stepping stone for i mean at least in boulder uh for everyone's like first you know time on stage and that was like my first time on stage and granted it was like only like 30 of my homies that pulled up which is i mean to me at that point i mean i feel like to anyone at that point your first gig if more than five people show up that's you know a success you know dude that's that's a great first gig. Um, you know, not too much pressure. That's so funny, dude. I played, I played my first gig. Um, I opened up for the mountain men. They were, they were like huge in Boulder, you know, everyone knew who they were. Yeah. Oh, I think I actually saw you at that. Cause, um, one of my, I think it was one, do you, was that the same show? Do you know who Sam Khan is? Uh, what's his artist name? Is that his artist name? His artist name was like a joke at the time. It was like uh, DJ Condom. Yeah. See an opener too on that lineup. Yeah, because I remember seeing him and then someone else at the time. I oh, didn't know, oh, which I'm pretty sure was you. Actually, did he have like dark hair? No, he had like blonde hair. Okay, I'm not sure. Um, I remember there was a few. I got, dude, I got so lucky, man. So they hit me up and they were like, "Yo, Nick." Um, like we had DJed like together at like a few frat parties, nothing too crazy. Um, and they were like, yo dude, like we're headlining a show at the Fox. Do you want to open for us? And I had never played a show like, and I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. Like so excited. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then um, we, they gave us tickets and like, they're like, how many, do you think you can sell a hundred tickets? Like, we're going to try to, like, they tried to get all the openers to sell 100 tickets. And when I first got it, I was like, fuck, dude. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, like, but I was like, I'm like, yeah, because what else am I going to do? Like, I want, like, I want to play this show. So, um, you know, long story short, I ended up 
selling all those tickets uh like just because I, I would like drive up to boulder chill with my friends and like hype up the show and like go to a party and be like yeah I'm selling tickets and then like a bunch of people would buy it and then like the day of the show I'm sold out and then like 50 more people hit me up like asking for tickets. like so I was so stoked and then they're like yo Nick since since you sold all your tickets so quickly like we're gonna put you on direct support so oh yeah <laughs> we sold out the entire show like I'm like going up there like it's like packed like sold out never DJed a show before dude I didn't know what the fuck I was doing like I I um I didn't even have a set list I just put a bunch of tracks in a playlist like not even all the same BPM yeah that, that's literally like 100% accurate like my first show I remember was like actual like at a venue was uh our end of our sophomore year or wait yeah, end of my sophomore year, uh, Dr. Fresh played at Boulder Theater, and actually Mountain Men was one of the openers, too. Uh, it was me, Mountain Men, and uh, my buddy Adam Heron, um, who's honestly so talented. It's crazy. Um, but I remember they were like, all right, sell 100 tickets. And I was like, fucking 100 tickets, bro? I don't even think I know 100 people. Long story short, like same thing as you, like you end up selling it just by like going to random houses, your homie's house and be like, yo, I'm opening food, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or like, I'm playing a show, like come through, like all these people are already coming. And then day of, like you said, it always happens. Like, do you have any tickets left? Do you have any tickets left? And I'm like, dude, bro, like, where were you two weeks ago, homie? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Cause it becomes the cool thing that everyone's doing. And so everyone's like, oh yeah, like, can I cop a ticket? Dude. Yeah. It, it, that's a good lesson though, because it shows you like, yeah, you can do shit that you don't think you can do, you know? 100%. It's fucking, you know, if it scares you, try it, you know? That's what, yeah. I, that's what I've been trying to, uh, trying to do more of, you know? Just, like, find situations like that and just be like, fuck, this is really intimidating, but, like, I'm just going to throw myself out there. And I think that's, like, that's, like, the only way you can grow, you know? 100%. Like, that feeling of, like, being uncomfortable as hell that's the one thing that'll like get you to get bigger and bigger and be like more and more. I mean, depending on how you want to define success, it'll get you more and more successful. Like after that Dr. Fresh show, like you said, it's like weird and like a little uncomfortable and you're a little like, I mean, at least I was like scared to hit up people that I hadn't talked to or like older guys in the fraternity to come to this little freshman or sophomore show at that Boulder theater. But at the end of the day, they all end up coming you're even more confident for the next show, you end up selling a hundred tickets real easily. Like it becomes like, all right, I'm just going to get this shit over with. And then I'm stoked for the show. Like, you know, hundred percent dude. Um, so were you in a fraternity too then? Like you were selling some tickets to your buddies and that too. Yeah. So I was in uh, I was in SAE at Boulder, um, which was, it was a little like hectic, not hectic. It was sick, honestly, um, because there was just a bunch of other DJs in SAE. When I say a bunch, it was like me at the time. It was me, Sam Khan, uh, and then my buddies, uh, Ben Pinkelman and Javi Gutierrez. They were IIVX. Um, the cool thing, I mean, we all played similar music at like Dagers or whatever parties we were at. And we all had a lot of fun and like always went back to back or like switched around here and there. Uh, but what was cool is like both of them opened for me at my headlining show at the Fox and their styles are so different. Like Javi and pink throw like super dirty ass, like rhythm and bass music. And they produce that. And then like Sam Khan is like 
more similar ish to me. Like he plays house, but like a different vibe of house that I play. Um, so honestly, I just got super lucky that, you know, there was like a musical presence within, uh, my fraternity and we were able to like, you know, that got us so much closer. Dude. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause when I was in high school, uh, like that's when I first started producing and dude, no one was producing music. Like I didn't know anyone. I couldn't find any, like my, my, a few of my close friends, like we kind of all got into it together and like, we still make tunes together. But aside from that, man, like I was stoked anytime I met someone that also produced music, man. So then when I got to college, when I was going to CU Boulder, um, everyone is into music and like everyone was in like doing music and then once you get in a fraternity like everyone in there wants to dj the parties right so it's like yeah um you kind of have to be like doing some unique stuff musically in order for people to like be like yeah we want you to dj so um you know 100%. that's sick dude you, you started producing early that's like that must have been even more exciting for you because like you said like as a high schooler, when you find someone else that produces, like I remember when I was in high school, like no one produces. Yeah, people were in bands and like would play like little tiny indie rock shows. But I mean, shit, even if like freshman year, I didn't know that many people that produced. Maybe it's because I just didn't literally know them. But like if I was in high school and I found people that produced, too, I'd be so hyped. That'd be crazy. Dude, yeah. Um, I started senior uh I started getting really into like junior year I just started like kind of getting really into music um like just like started off by getting really into just listening to music and like just falling in love with like certain types of artists so I got really into like hip-hop at first and then like a little bit of EDM and that obviously obviously just like leads you down a path of like how do damn how do these people make this stuff you know like what yeah like See? what are they doing what's yeah. the secret sauce and for me for a while bro it took a long time to get the courage to just fucking try it you know um and then senior like summer going into senior year i like picked up i downloaded fl studio after there you go you beat making tutorials man yep fucking tried it it was like I don't know what I'm doing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just chill with my friends for the summer, you know, not worry about this too much. And then when school starts, I'm going to start grinding and just be consistent. So like, that's kind of what I did. Like, you know, I, I watched a few YouTube tutorials over the summer and then like school started and then I'm like, okay, I'm going hard. Like, let's do this. And then like, just tried to make music every day, you know, for, for a period of time. Um, but yeah, dude, it's interesting because I look at certain people and I like think like I was late to the game, you know, certain yeah. kids, kids now are fucking picking that shit up in eighth grade. You know, I know certain kids who are like you at least at least you were like a lifelong musician. I almost think that's better. You know, I think, you know, I think it's really good to either start producing and focus on that and then pick up an instrument after you've really gotten your skills down or vice versa, like learn an instrument, you know, learn how to like have a voice musically and then like start producing. And then like, now you have so much more power as a musician. Um, but it's interesting. Cause like, yeah, everyone comes into the game late, you know? Um, and it's also cool now because everyone's getting into producing. It's like, um, not as niche of a thing as it used to be, you know, it's kind of becoming, like I said, just like a video game, you know? 100%. Yeah. And like you said, like it's, 
like seeing looking at like artists you admire being like damn like they just blew up like what the hell like look at me like i'm not doing anything but that's like the thing um that's another thing like my mentor is telling me and i feel like i should have realized this earlier but it wasn't until like you know i was 23 or yeah 23 years old that he told me this and i didn't realize it before but he's like dude you need to you can't compare yourself to anyone else like that's that's not how you're not going to get anywhere if you do that. Cause like for me, I mean, the reason I started DJing was I like pretty much despised all form of EDM in high school. Like I was strictly like hip hop and like indie rock pretty much. Um, and then my senior year, I kind of dabbled with like, you know, the most, the two artists that probably got most people in the EDM, which is like flume and Arl grime. I was like, whoa, this is trap. This is insane. Like, I kind of like it. This is kind of nuts. Same thing with Flume. And then senior year, the one and only time I went to Coachella, I, like, got separated from my friends, ended up walking into the do lab, and I was like, what the hell is this place? And um, I was, like, really liking what I was hearing. And I just asked, like, this random guy next to me. I was like, yo, do you know who this is? And he's like, oh, it's a guy named AC Slater. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that was like my mind. I was like, all right, I love house music. Like this is like, take me to church. This is it. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. I had an experience kind of like that too. Um, this was like, an, like the experience that really got me like to fall in love with music was I went to my very first Red Rock show. Uh, Hell yeah. And I was in, I think it was my summer going into my senior year, like I was saying. Nice. And uh, we saw... Dude, I didn't even know who Porter Robinson was at the time. I just wanted to go to a freaking... Oh, no way. I just wanted to go to a Red Rock show to party, like, because that looked like the fun thing to do. Like, we, we me and my, a couple of my buddies, like, all um, got tickets to this show, go to Porter Robinson. He, or, it was actually, he wasn't, he was an opener. So he comes No up, way. Yeah, dude. I had no idea who he was. Uh, Dog Blood was headlining Skrillex and... That's sick. Yeah. That's legendary. They were either... And um, and then Glitch Mob. I don't know if you've heard of them, but dude. dude. Yeah, what? You went to a sick-ass first, like, EDM first, show, dude. I knew who Glitch Mob was because I had seen their their music in longboard videos. I was super into longboarding back in the day. That's insane. But, dude, yeah. And I, I remember seeing Porter Robinson, and that was, like, one of the most spiritual experiences I ever had. Like, I was, like, like I had never connected with music on such a deep level and like it was like after that moment i was like damn like i love like i need to go back to another show like when can i do this again um like that was that was like a really pivotal point for me and i just like you said it's like all it takes is like that one little thing to like turn off that turn that switch in your brain and be like oh wow there's really something here you know like this is really something that i want to pursue and those moments dude are so magical because they stick with you for the rest of your life you know uh, yeah exactly like that's what i was just gonna say like you're never gonna forget that first red rock show like I, that I, like I, you said it's gonna be with you forever for sure man i i've never even been to coachella but like i've seen uh videos of the do lab dude that place looks fucking nuts it's i mean when i was the, i mean there's a thing like with coachella like obviously yeah it's one of like the biggest festivals blah blah, blah like everyone flocks there every year but um, it's weird to say because obviously festivals are meant to be big. But for me, it's like it's almost like too big now, at least. And so like everyone's like, oh, are you going this year? Are you going this year? Like each year of college, oh, are you going to Coachella this year? I just like, 
it's not that I couldn't. I just didn't really want to. Because, like, I look at it, and, like, the one place I'd want to go there is the Dulab, pretty much, because it was smaller, Dude, you know? And the ceiling thing, whatever that is, looks so sick. The little tents, yeah, it's yeah. unreal. Like, they're, like, hexagons or something, like, maybe? Yeah. Dude, that's... I've never been to Coachella, um, but definitely, like, a bucket list thing that I want to experience. Also, Burning Man. That's a, yeah. I feel like these are all like you gotta go once and just like soak it all in and just be grateful that you went. Yeah, dude. I just have like this vision of like me being in like the desert, listening to like some like minimal tech or like house music, like really yeah, nice. like wearing like some boots and like some sunglasses and just like you know, like that's that, a vibe. <laughs> whenever I, like there's like there's like like kind of zoo, you know, zoo Rufus du Soul, like those types of people like. I love that sort of like desert vibe, like big time, you know, um, definitely. But yeah, man, like, uh, myself too, I've been getting super into house music. I was, I spent so long trying to make like dubstep. And then I just kind of realized like, this isn't really like me. This isn't my voice. You know, this isn't the stuff that I naturally make, you know, I was really making it. Um, but like house dude, like, I think there's just, there's something in all of us that can that can really resonate with house music, man. It's big mad. time, yeah. It's that it's that it's that secret special BPM that's just like matches your heart rate and bobs right. perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, have you? Because you've kind of always been on that in that sort of niche, right? You've like kind of always been sort of focused on the house aspect, right? Yeah, pretty much. And it's weird though, because. I mean, I didn't jump genre to genre, but I mean, you look at house and there's like so many different kinds, just like there is with bass music. Like you got, you got rhythm, you got like, I don't even know what you would call what peekaboo makes. Like, I don't know if it's dubstep. I don't know if it's rhythm. I don't know if it's just in the broad spectrum of bass music. Fuck, there's a freeform bass, I think is what people call it. That sounds right, because there's, like, no other place I would put it in. Like deep dubstep, I've heard people call it. That's That stuff's cool too, man. I like that stuff. 100%. But it's like, I, at first I was like, oh, you know, I, I want to sound like how Jaws sounds, how Abstract sounds, like how all these, at the time, like, I try to stay away from from categorizing too much nowadays. Um, but at the time, I would just call it, ba- I mean, it is bass house, but like, I was just like, oh, I want to only make bass house. But like, now, I'm just like, that's not really, you kind of, you can't really force yourself into a category. You kind of just got to go for it, see what comes out. If you love it, then that's all that matters. Cause if you love it, someone else is bound to love it for sure. Yeah. It takes a second to realize that too, man. Um, I think a really pivotal point for me is just realizing like, it's about the process. It's about, are you having fun making the music? Um, stop trying to be who you think you should be or who like you like want to sound like it's so easy to like listen to your favorite artists and be like I want to sound like this but like I kind of feel like your style chooses you in a way like you kind of just gotta um you know try a little bit of everything you know and then uh like take that all back and then turn it into your own unique style and so like that's kind of what I've done like I or at least what I've tried to do is just um fucking let whatever comes out in the moment manifest itself you know don't try to be like oh, well, this wouldn't work for dubstep or this wouldn't work for house or I'm making a house track right now. So this one obviously be an option, you know, like I try to just whatever the fuck happens in the moment. 
Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, especially for you, you can hear that in, like, your stuff, like, oh, this wouldn't work for a dubstep track, but, like, that, I think you did a remix for, what was it, Virtual Riot? Um, like, I, I, I mean, granted, I didn't know too much about you at the time when I saw you release that, but I was like, oh, damn, like, I wasn't expecting this on, like, a Virtual Riot track and, like, a vibe with it. Like, it's, it's you know, it's different. It's, like, you could, it, it was a little more, like, emotional and, like, melodic, which I liked. I went through a melodic dubstep phase where like that was what I was obsessed with and I was just trying to only do virtual riot. He still is like one of my biggest inspirations, but for a while, like like I said, I was trying to be virtual riot. I was like And like everyone gets in that phase, that stage, you know? Yeah, exactly. So now I'm like, you know, I'm trying not to just I'm just trying to be me, man, you know. I think that's the best thing you can do. And when you first start out you don't know what that is. So it's good to try and imitate people at first because that's like how you get those reps. But after a while, like once you've had the skills, um, I think it's best to just, you know, be you, you know? Big time. Yeah. And like, like you said, like it's, it's okay. It's not necessarily a bad thing to at first to try to sound like your art, like your favorite artist. In fact, like I would almost say like you should, try to remake as many of your favorite songs as possible. Like I remember the first track I wanted to remake. Cause I wanted, again, this is kind of like two sided here, but on the bright side, it taught me a lot was, uh, I wanted to remake field of volume by jaws. Um, I remember just spending so much time trying to figure out how to make that growl. And I was like, I don't want to look at YouTube. Like, I don't want to look at this stuff. Like I just need to figure it out. Isn't and it, it taught me a lot. Isn't it just like taking a sine wave in Serum and then FMing it to another sine wave? Isn't that like kind of what, like what? That's I mean, that's almost like a, most of those growls. Yeah, it's just a FM sine wave. Um, I did like four. I remember this was like four years ago, but I did like four different variations of that patch. One of them was like uh, I used two oscillators. One of them was a sine. One of them was a, a super saw, but it was a little detuned. And I FM'd it with that, um, and I messed with the resonance on it a little out in the cutoff, and yeah, but pretty much it's just FMing a sine wave. <laughs> Dude, FM is fucking next level. I love FM. I think, um, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I think that everyone's obsessed with wavetable synths right now, but I think FM synths are so fascinating because as opposed to, like, I compare it to, like, you know how, like, there's, like, the sculpture makers who like chisel a sculpture out of a block. That's kind of like what serum is, but like FM is kind of like you're building something piece by piece, stacking overtones on top of each other. And I think big time. I love that because I think uh, um, you can make real life sounding noises, you know, like, like a, you can make a bell sound. that's like almost indistinguishable from like a real one, you know, definitely. Um, but yeah, man, it's so interesting to see like where, where music is going and like what we're going to be able to do in the future, you know, like what are we going to be able to do with music production in 20 years? You know, I think that's such a cool thing to think about, you know, we're already able to do such cool shit right now. And like, there's still so much stuff that I'm still behind on that. I'm like, wait, you can do that now? Like, you know, hundred percent. Like I, I remember I was talking to, again, this is my mentor. He showed me, have you heard of a producer named more Kismet? Kiz, I guess they say it. More Kismet. We got a mix insane capital radio. Um, like no way, dude. Yeah, like uh, 
this is actually funny because my freshman year at Boulder, uh, we started this base capital radio, like mix series. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It never really did. Yeah, no, I did a mix for that. Oh yeah, you totally did. I forgot about that. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, yeah Jack. Ah, that's, that's so funny. Yeah, dude, he was one of our first mixes I found. Um, and I just got lucky, like stumbled upon him on SoundCloud. I found it like this Ghost Voices remix that he had posted. He had like 300 followers on SoundCloud. And I was like, what the fuck? His bio was like 13 year old producer. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I reach out to him and I'm like, yo, do you want to do a mix for us? And like, dude, somehow by the grace of God, he was like, yeah, I'm down. So he, dude, that's like, so man. sick. But dude, yeah, like he's killing it, man. Like, what were you, what were you yeah. about to do? Sorry, I kind of cut you off. I was just saying, like, I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, dude, like this guy is just so different, like doing stuff that like I've never heard before. Yeah. And I was thinking about like, the tracks that are out right now that are like big by him i feel like that he, he's on like the new wave like a hundred percent like yeah. give it a give it even a couple you know a year or two i mean granted things probably would have moved way quicker if, if we didn't have this little period of quarantining but um his stuff is just so different and unique that i don't know he's, he's got the secret sauce he's just got it yeah dude um it was funny too. I remember I was like, dude, how are your tracks so loud, man? And he was like, it's because I don't master them. And I was like, what? What? Isn't that fucking weird? Like, <laughs> it's like, dude, what? Like, I remember like I would turn on his tracks and I had to like turn down my volume. Like, Is everything just clipping? Like, what's going on? Dude, I don't know. Just like another example of like, there's so many fucking ways you can do this shit, man. Like, yeah, 100%. Unique, yeah, like it's character, you know? Big time, definitely. Um, I'm actually thinking about maybe trying to hit him up to come on the show as a guest. We'll see, though. But um, You should try. You should definitely try. Oh, um, I think – oh, you know what? No, my mentor told me – so he just – or actually, he – I don't I – don't, I don't, it's 2020. I'm trying to be, like, PC about this. Um, I think he's trans. He came out as trans. I don't know if it's oh. she or he. I don't know the pronoun to use. Yeah, I remember he – yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and he was always uh, very adamant about like, um, you know, by like, because I think he said he was bisexual, and he was like always trying to advocate for like those types of people in the EDM community. So, yeah, he was like, another person like paving the way for people like that. And there's a lot of there's a lot of really dope producers in that community as well. So that's big time, and it's sick to see that happening too. Because like, yeah, you see activism happening for that those kind of causes, but like. You don't really see it living and working in like the industry that you're specifically in, you know, like at least I did. And I didn't see it that much in music other than maybe like people that I didn't really listen to, like Sam Smith. Um, first person that like I listened to that I saw activating or I mean, not activating, um, like promoting like, you know, LGBT stuff and like equality amongst, you know, all, all sexual preferences and orientations was Grizz, really. That was, like, oh, the yeah. first person that I saw. Um, so it's sick to see how that, like, that's evolving, too. I know that's kind of a tangent, but, I mean, No, those are cool. great. That's a, it's just a great – it's so cool when you can, like, hear someone's music and, like, really connect with it and be like, fuck, this is so dope. And then you realize, wow, like, on surface level, I maybe wouldn't expect myself to, like, look at this person and be like – oh, like, we're probably have some common interests, you know, like, because we all we all have this layer of judgment that we do, you know, subconsciously with everyone. And, you know, um, I think like music just like is a really great way to just help 
um, bring us together aside from our differences, you know, like the fact that you can meet someone so different, but you guys have the same taste in music and you're like, damn, I really like your music or like, you know, it's just such, it's like the universal language, like they always say, and it's so cool to see how that, you know, can bring people together, you know. Big time. Yeah. It's it like, it travels across, you know, however many or ho- wherever your fans are, like that's where that message is going to go. And it, it goes a long ways. Exactly. Exactly. Well, man, I think we've been going for like an hour. It's been awesome having you. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, getting to like getting to hear like about what you've been up to, um, and, you know, like what you're doing with your music. Um, I'd love to have you on here again. But before we before we head out, um, is there anything you want to plug for everyone who's going to hear this? You know, like your your Spotify page or your handles or anything. Um, yeah, for sure, man. Um, so again, my name is Vaughn's Real name is Kayvon. Um hit me on spotify soundcloud vaunts music um granted i will give a little warning i'm a little quiet right now but everyone has those periods i'm uh just working on my craft just making as much quality tunes as i can and all in good time there's going to be some uh well a lot of releases coming out so yeah, oh, yeah thank you for having me man this was this was really cool i think it's really sick what you're doing dude i appreciate it man yeah likewise um yeah, let, I'd love to have you on here again. Um, for everyone that's listening, it's Vons, V-O-N-C-E. If you're into house music, check this guy out. He's got some dope shit. But um, anyway, man, it's been dope having you. Um, you know, keep killing it, and I'll speak to you next time. Oh, yeah, dude. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I really appreciate all the support you've given me on the podcast so far. I'm going to keep trying to crank these out for you guys on a pretty consistent basis. And I have a really special guest for you coming on the next episode. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. Other than that, I hope you guys all are staying safe and taking care of yourselves. And I'll see you on the next episode. All right. Peace out.